Blog Talk Radio. Tonight, if you want to join in and call, phone number is 516-418-5572. Then it's 516-418-5572. Please give us a call. Love to hear from you, hear your thoughts. And we definitely want to thank our awesome sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. So definitely pick up a four-pack of Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce at flbbqsauce.com. Again, that's flbbqsauce.com. As a matter of fact, I was able to go to Chef G's Culinary Services Ribbon Cutting Ceremony. That was located at 301 South 22nd Street. Towards the end of the show, I'm going to give you a lot of information on that, that great, great event. What we're going to do is going to go ahead and play a great tune. This is a song by Sam Scola, the Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song. So get you in the right mood, and we're going to kick the show off. We're going to do that right now. Comes in for the variety, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. Natural flavor, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and ribs, tasty fusion on pork and sausage, a classic taste for chicken steak. 
I feel like you're right. The, the teams have done a lot better. Even the Orioles. I mean, they're in first place, but the Orioles have been a solid team the whole year. Yeah, you're that. right. I mean, the three games, they're, the Red Sox got them by three games. Unreal. Yeah, they're 14 games back. That's yeah. I I just sometimes in in sports, some years are just not your years, and unless they do something yeah. really quick in these 40 plus games, which they could. I mean, it's not him out, but they really would have to get on a hot streak. Well, you yeah. still have a week in August, and you have a full and you have a full month of September. So mathematically, it is possible. Oh yeah, it definitely is. I mean. In the last I'm ten games, they won the two games out of eight. I mean, they got to turn, they got to flip that around. The, um, yeah, I'm looking for the A's, the Rockies, and um, yeah, the A's, Rockies, and Royals. Yeah. And the question is, people are saying the rumor has it that if the year kind of ends close to where it is now that the Yankees might be trying to get a new GM, and that new GM might be Derek Jeter. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, boy. Well, let's see. He ruined Florida. What can he do here? And I hate to say <laughs> it, but and if the Yankees are in the playoffs, uh, you can bet Boone will be gone. Yeah, I definitely think Boone will yeah. be gone. I'm not sure about Cashman, if they will let him go, but I definitely do think yeah, Boone – I think I think I think the writing's on the wall for Boone. I really do. Yeah, I really do. I mean, if you're going to be in last place, at least for the Yankees' sake, don't lose your dignity. What dignity? Yeah, it's just the shenanigans that you know Aaron Boone has been doing. Yeah, I, I just think. I just think he's deflecting the fact that the the Yankees are just not that good. Worst season in 33 years so far. Yeah, so it's – yeah, like you said, it's still not over yet. I mean, the Yankees, one thing I got to give them, you can't – you really cannot truly count them out till it's out, till it's over. Well, yeah. But, but the way yeah. they're playing, I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen this since, like, 1980. They're right. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty tough for the Yankees. And the Mets too. Yeah. I mean they're trying to do something, but they'll still be below five hundred report you know, by the time the weekend's over. Yeah. I mean I look at it like this. They gotta get in the hot streak, otherwise it's over. I mean you gotta turn that they lost they won two games out of eight out of the last ten. You gotta flip that to Eight wins and two losses. Yeah. That's what you need to do. You need to get on streaks like that, or at least seven out of ten. Really, that's all you, you have left. Speaking of all you have left, what do you think about the Jets and Zach Wilson? You know how I feel about Wilson. Well, and now you got well, Dalvin we'll you got Cook, so at least they'll help out your offense because the offense has been pretty bad last year. So this, will, this I think, will jack up the offense. It used to be our defense was awful, but now, uh, now it's the offense. 
Yeah, so I'm excited to see what Aaron, Aaron Rodgers does over there. I think you guys are going to be pretty good. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you got some guys that need to prove themselves, Davin Cook and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but will it be a prove-it year? That's, that's the thing. Yeah, you're right, right about that. But, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a prove-it year. Well, for Rodgers, you know, because his time is running out. Yeah, you're right about that. But a lot of great things are going on. In fact, I'm curious to hear what you got going on this weekend. What What do you got going on for your show? Well, we will, of course, discuss more preseason. Uh, we'll take care of more uh, baseball coverage. Uh, we're going to do our first college uh, predictions of the year, even though it starts next week. But we're still going to start. Still going to start tomorrow. Uh, we'll preview the Women's World Cup final, England versus Spain. I know who I'm taking. Uh, we'll also look at the Men's uh, FIBA World Cup for basketball, which gets underway uh, later this week. Uh, take some PGA golf notes because I do have some golf fans in the crowd. Uh, WNBA, if the has been pretty interesting this year, and uh, with uh, they uh, with uh, Vegas, the Liberty are coming on strong, <laughs> so we'll see over that. Of course, we also welcome your thoughts and comments. The ridiculous sound of the week, which I think I just came across about a few minutes ago. Um, sports trivia this week in sports history. And a feel-good story of the week, and I got some of that, too. So, remember, it's uh, 4 to 6 p.m. tomorrow. The time, uh, the number is 512-543-4662. And also look us up on YouTube. Just type in YouTube. Well, YouTube and type in The Enhanced Sports Show, and you'll see the program in its entirety. And I think I figured out a way to get the uh, um, callers uh, up on YouTube now. I think I figured that out. Finally. There you go, uh, the Enhanced Sports Show. Make sure you guys look it up on YouTube Saturday from 4 to 6, and definitely call in at 512-543-4662. And if you try to get in, but if I don't see your number, um, well, try again, because I I can't help. I thought someone was trying to get on last week, and they said that I didn't take the call. I did not see the number come for whatever reason. But um, you know, if if it does, um, you know, happen, like, just try again. That's all I can ask. Persistence plays off. Persistence pays off. Five one two five four three. Yep, four six six two. Right, because if the number doesn't come up, I can't help you. Yeah, so definitely make sure you guys call in from four to six p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone and the YouTube channel. The Enhanced Sports Show. You'll get a chance to see Lou. Keep calling till you get him. Don't give up. And, uh, of course, uh, we all we welcome comments. You, you can put comments on YouTube as well. And if you want to subscribe, it's only $4.95. It's only $4.95. There you go. Make sure you guys subscribe. Don't be – support Lou. Make sure you support Lou. Yep. All right, Alan, thanks. You're welcome. I appreciate you. Always a pleasure, Lou. Thanks you're, a lot. you're the man. Thanks. You're welcome. Really appreciate Thanks. you, Lou. Hang Take on. care. Uh, and uh, my number is 
Right, so that was Lou from the Enhanced Sports Show. Make sure you guys support Lou, 512-543-4662. That's Lou. We appreciate him. Always a pleasure. Yeah, so that is what's going on in the NFL. A few things, you know, a lot of things have happened. I got to go ahead and before we dig dig deep into the NFL, I got to give some props, major props to Jordan Tamu, who signed an NFL contract with the Vikings. So definitely props to Jordan Tamu. Let me give him a round of applause. And also the fantastic thing is the XFL as of right now is 56 XFL players went ahead and signed with the NFL team. That is outstanding. So that's another round of applause. You know, it's really melts my heart that these men get a chance to play in the X and from the XFL to the NFL. I cover a lot of XFL and it's wonderful because it's another opportunity and another Avenue you can take, you know, if things don't work out the traditional way with college, if you are in the NFL, they, they cut you for any reason. Let's say I hate to use that word cut, but if it doesn't work out there, you can try to XFL work hard, get back in the game on, on, in the NFL. And Jordan Tiamo is a perfect example of that. You know, he played the NFL, things didn't work out. He played in the XFL, balled out. And now he's back in the NFL. So those, those are ways. If you just uh, maybe were overlooked in college or, or high school and things didn't go that route either, you can do a showcase at a HBCU or any other locations. And do your thing, ball out, you know, get discovered. Those 1,400 players that went ahead and and tried out. So it's always awesome that this is something that – this is a new avenue. So it, don't discredit it. XFL is wonderful. And in NFL news, the Bucks, they, you know, they got the creamsicle day coming up. You know, I'm I'm excited. Looks like it's coming down to determine who's going to get the the who's going to make the final cuts. But it does seem as if Baker's going to get that start and the opportunity. So I'm going to keep you guys up to date on that, hoping that he does really well. Love to have him as a guest here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. And then other news in. NFL training camp, as he mentioned about Davin Cook, I, I'm definitely curious to see how he does there in the New York Jets. I'm curious to see how things work out with Ezekiel Elliott. Somebody did ask me that question during the week. How do you think Ezekiel Elliott will do for the Patriots? I think he's actually going to be a, a very, very good addition for the Patriots. He's an excellent blocker. The Patriots are saying like they're going to do a one-two combination, which I think is a great thing for Ezekiel. He doesn't have to be the load and single back. He can kind of do half and half. That would be a great thing for him to kind of, you know, take some take take some work off, you know, some knees uh, work off those knees, 
and it's going to be a great thing for him. So it's going to be a cool thing to happen to, to see. And I think, I think I expect a lot of big things for Ezekiel Elliott. I think everybody's going to be pleasantly surprised. So I, I think he'll be receptive to the coaching as well. I do feel as if he will take the coaching from Bill Belichick too. So I think big things are going to happen there. And then what ended up happening is we're going to look and see at speaking of running backs, you know, we have here Josh Jacobs, you know, he is, he's still holding out. I'm hoping that's a great resolution for him. I know he balled out and I know he's doing his thing, but when running backs hold out in the NFL, I get really nervous for them. I really do. History has shown that when you roll a dice and you're NFL running back, it usually doesn't end well, meaning you either have more time off than you wanted to take off, meaning they don't give you a contract, or as time goes on, the contracts get smaller and smaller and smaller. Let me go on the record and let you know here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show, as a running back in the NFL, I actually would encourage running backs to not hold out. And the reason why I say that is because the day that you hold out, they're already getting somebody else as a backup. Usually those deals that they offer you later are usually smaller and it usually does not go your way. It usually does not. Unfortunately, you know, it's just a situation where they look at NFL running backs as a commodity. It's not me saying this is what they should be doing. The NFL is saying this is what we're doing. They save money on the running backs. They use that money for the quarterbacks. Tight end maybe, but wide receiver. I just think it doesn't usually end well when you hold out as a running back. I mean, case in point, Saquon Barkley, he was smart enough to end his holdout pretty early in the game. But as you've seen, as you got closer and closer to training camp, his offers actually got smaller and smaller and smaller. So, you know, maybe take a little less and humble yourself. At least you're going to get paid, you know, something really well to play in the NFL. It's a small window of opportunity you have. You know, uh, the NFL, unfortunately, stands as a joke. Is NFL is not for long. So, unfortunately, an NFL career usually lasts about three and a half years. You got to think about these things when you're in the NFL. It's just, unfortunately, you got so many people competing to replace you in, that, in your job, especially in the running back position. That is a, a position that is well sorted out where a lot of competition usually is there. So I would suggest you have a very good agent. You try your very best to negotiate the table. You don't let it get too deep into it as far as, the, you know, closer to the season. And you just go ahead and, and make a deal because it usually does not end well. I wish the best for Josh Jacobs. I know he balled out. He definitely played to earn a really nice contract, but it doesn't necessarily mean, especially in the NFL and your running back, you're going to actually get a really nice contract. That's just the way it is. You know, what your perception as a running back is and what the NFL perception is totally different. They look at NFL running backs as a commodity. 
you know, it's just, it's pretty, pretty obvious. Other great things is we have fantasy football coming up. We have fantasy football. Speaking of running backs, what I have discovered doing, you know, knock on wood, glory to God, really well in fantasy football is you want to have two really good running backs. You you want to have two really good running backs, at least two solid running backs that get a lot of touches, are productive. You know, of course, anything can happen. Someone can have a bad game. But I would, if you have two really solid running backs, I would hold on to them. I would not, I would think two, three, four, five, six times over before you actually let a running back go that is, let's say, getting a lot of touches because they're just hard to replace and you could get burned just because a person doesn't, maybe because of the defense, they might be really good with the runs. I say they were playing the, the Bucks. You might have a running back that might run against a team that has a very good running game. Because of that, it impacts you. You won't play in the next game. And then they continue to ball out after you drop them. So definitely want to have that. You also do want to have a solid quarterback, somebody who is very reliable, who throws the ball a lot, you know, you know, you want to do those things in fantasy football. I will be in two leagues this year, so I will keep you guys up to date on those moves. But around this time, leading into your draft, start getting your pen and paper ready. And who do you want, at least for your first 12 picks? Doesn't mean you're going to get those, but at least you'll be prepared leading into your draft. You should be planning those out. And... Look at guys that are dependable. Look at guys who who are usually shown that they can stay durable. You definitely want that because if you have a pick that's one to a third pick and they're a person who's high prone to injury, you could end up getting hurt. So these are some things you should do. Make your moves. Get ready because fantasy football is around the corner. Make sure you have a good battery, too, because you'll be refreshing it well. So definitely do that. And shifting gears to baseball, you know, with the Yankees, I think they need to end the year strong in order for them to hold off really embarrassment because you got to have at least 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10 at this point. The Yankees, for those who don't know, are 14 games out of first place. They are dead last in AL East. I did not stutter. They are dead last in AL East. And on top of that, they have more losses than wins. 60 wins, 61 losses. That is really poor for the Yankees. What I what moves they should do is I hate to see someone lose their gig, but I just think that the time for Aaron Boone and his stay as a New York Yankees manager is coming to an end. And I think it is mutual. I think the feeling is mutual. I think he's stressed out. I think the Yankees are stressed out. I think it would be good for them to really look for an opportunity for another manager. And I just think that's going to pretty much happen unless they go seven, eight out of 10 
to close the season, you know, things like that, going on some serious winning streak. If they keep status quo or maybe a little bump, but not really that much different, I think, unfortunately, that's where it's going to be headed. Somebody's got to be the fall guy, unfortunately. And the other question is, do that was brought up with Derek Jeter, should he be the GM? I respect Derek Jeter as far as his game. You know, obviously, he, he did his thing. I know one of the criticisms that people always like to say is that he's overrated. Check out the issue and the show I did on YouTube about Derek Jeter, and you will see that I disagreed with that thought process. The man, it is what it is. He is not overrated. And I, I went to large detail on that in that video, so check it out on YouTube. You, just, you can find it at Alan Alford. Just type my name, Alan Alford. I just don't feel as if a GM position would be a great position for Derek Jeter. It's not a diss on him. It's not a knock. It's just I don't feel that he would be that a good fit for that type of position for his personality-wise. I just don't see him being a guy that would want to be called and text nonstop pretty much making hustle deals like that you know he he loves playing in new york and balling out but being a new york city slicker so to speak is a total different ball game there's no disrespect i just don't see him being that type of guy you know when you're a gm of a major league baseball team you got sleepless nights you got to be quick with your fingers as far as texting typing you got to be on social media you got to do a lot of running around, a lot of people calling you up, agents. I just don't see him doing that type of position really well. I just really don't. I think if he did it for a week, maybe two, he'd be like, nah. You know, and he was an owner, as we know, and it didn't work out well there. I just don't I just don't see it. I, I don't think it's a good fit for him. I, I believe actually being an announcer turned out to be a actually a better fit for him. But it, you know, I invite Derek G to come on the show if he wants to give his part, if he agrees with me or disagree. He's more than welcome to talk to me here on the Alan Alfred Sports Talk show. And that wouldn't be an issue at all. And the Rays, can the Rays recapture the ALE spot yes they can they can recapture it they're only two games out from the Orioles however the Orioles have been playing very good ball I, I noticed this early in the year when the Orioles actually played the a the Rays they have a solid team over there so in order for the Rays to get that position they're going to have to go ahead and do about seven out of ten. Seven wins, three losses type of deal. They they last ten games they're six wins, four losses. So they they're right there. They have to continue to play solid baseball to catch the Orioles. I would say seven out of ten, eight out of ten, things something like that. But I would the great thing is they have the concert series coming up for the Rays, and that should be helpful. And you're like, hey, how, how's the concert series going to help the Rays? Well. History has shown, usually when they have more people come to that ballpark, usually the Rays do a lot better. And that's another thing. The fans need to come out and support the Rays, come out and pack the house, support them, because that is the truth. 
the Rays do better when you have more people and they have more eyes on them and the stadium is more full. So, they, you know, the fans need to step up, support them so they can go ahead and recapture the AOLE's position. And what we'll do now on the Allen Alpha Sports Talk show, we'll take a little break. We'll go ahead and play a great song here by Sam Scola. Sam Scola Sports Team, play that song. I'll talk some NBA basketball with you, go over the NBA Hall of Fame class, talk some boxing news. Got a lot of great things happening here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Do not go anywhere. We're going to play this great song by Sam Scola out there in Maine. Really appreciate Sam Scola and Mary. Guys are awesome. So this is a sports theme song by Sam Scola. I'll be right back after these messages. Appreciate you, Sam Scola and Marion Maine. You guys are awesome. Definitely keep up the great work. So, yeah, this was an awesome class here. The NBA Hall of Fame, Dirk Nowitzki, Tony Parker, Dwayne Wade, Greg Popovich, and Pau Casal headlined this year's 2023 NBA Hall of Fame class. Let me first and foremost give all of those great outstanding players a round of applause. Definitely a real solid list there and some awesome achievements. And Dirk Nowitzki, got to give him his props. Dirk Nowitzki, check this out. Dirk Nowitzki 
and Kobe Bryant are the only players in the history of the NBA to win a championship, regular season MVP, finals MVP, and score 30,000 points while playing with one franchise for their entire careers. Dirk Nowitzki is the only person to do all of those things and collect 10,000 rebounds for his career. That is outstanding. And he has a statue now, you know, definitely with the, the jumper, fallback jumper. And, you know, to LeBron James, that was the one, that was the one finals where Dirk Nowitzki balled out, where people felt overall that was an opportunity for LeBron James to have gotten a ring. Dirk Nowitzki had the hot hand and he thought otherwise that fallback jump shooter was just killer. So props, Tony Parker definitely balled out, you know, for the Spurs guard and D Wade, three rings, yeah. <laughs> Miami heat. That, that is uh that is fantastic. And nice thing is I, I have actually a Jersey signed by D Wade. So that's, that's cool. Greg Popovich, definitely Hall of Fame and Powell Casal. A powerful speech for Powell Casal. You can really, really tell. You can really tell that he still misses Kobe Bryant. You know, you could tell. But I will say a couple things. You know, don't you know with Paul Gasol, he's balling out. But I will say it is getting harder and harder. I would say to negate. The rumors with him and Vanessa, I would just say that much that has been going around there, out there. We will see. You know, definitely she was there to support him, but they seem to be spending a lot of time together. And usually when they put their post out, they usually leave no comments. So I don't know. We'll see. We will see. But I'm not speculating. I'm just saying this is what is <laughs> what is the perception, I will say it like that. So, and, you know, they're entitled to live their lives. And <laughs> speaking of living their lives, you know, uh, Michael Jordan's son, if you didn't see, this came up in my timeline and it came up a lot. He is, they are now talking about well, Larissa Pippen about, you know, getting a venue to get married. And I, <laughs> I know Michael Jordan said that he was not cool with it when they were dating. I'm really curious to get his reaction now that his son said he is looking for a place. And with this wedding, (laughs) you would have to imagine how would this be with Michael Jordan. I mean, you talk about I mean, I'm not one for drama, but man, you talk about awkward. You talk about awkward. In a way, it's kind of good that Michael Jordan and Pippen have a, a strained relationship because if they were cool, they actually might he might get invited. But I, I'm curious to hear what Michael Jordan has to say about this. And you know, uh, 
it, this was definitely a turn event I didn't see coming, but hey, when you're in love, you're in love. So I, I definitely hope and pray the best for them. At the end of the day, you know, you always want people to be happy in life and you also want marriages to work. That is usually the goal and the when I hear people getting married, you know, but the only advice I'll say is that when you get married, treat each other like you're single. <laughs> you know, when you get married, that's the best advice I give you. When you get married, treat each other like you're single and keep going on dates. Don't change it up. Don't let yourself go. Keep it exciting. Be kind like you were before you got married. Just keep thinking like you're single. That's that's my my best advice. So we are going to go ahead and switch gears and talk some boxing news. A lot of boxing news. So we have this big fight that's coming up with Charlo versus Canelo, Jamel Charlo versus Saul Canelo. This is gonna be it's it's gonna be a big fight. I saw I saw some of the press conference there. Very respectful. Both men were very respectful of each other, which is really a shock. Not so much for Canelo. I expected Canelo to, you know, be pretty much level-headed for the most part. But I, I was really impressed and shocked that Charlo kept it professional. He kept it. He treated Canelo with a lot of respect, which the man does deserve respect. He is not. It almost seemed like yesterday he was fighting Mayweather, but now he is a grown man, uh, so to speak. He was a young kid fighting Mayweather, I felt, and now he's a grown man. And this is going to be an interesting fight. I, you know, I, I, this is going to be a very interesting fight. I do think, I know people wrote off Charlo because of the two weight division jump to fight Canelo, but I don't feel as if hearing that's one of the things that I learned about the press conference and after the question he was answering, I really don't think the weight is really going to play that big of a difference for Charlo. And the reason why I say that is because he he said he, he usually walks around his average weight is typically around 160, 165 in that range. So I don't feel as if, and as your body gets older, you kind of naturally kind of gain weight. I don't think with Charlo and his frame, it's going to be a problem with, with the weight. I think the strength would still be there. And I do think that Canelo is going to have to be on his A game. And the reason why I say that, Canelo's a strong fighter. And he's very, very tactical and skillful. He's got very good defense. But Charlo does have a significant height advantage and he does have a little bit of a reach advantage you know this is the type of situation where if Charlo kind of fights how you should fight you know when you're a taller fighter and you fight a shorter fighter you should keep them from the outside use your jab you know make sure you step back when you need to so you can create that distance and that space I mean don't run like I hate when guys when you hit a guy they run they hold right after you hit them no, you have to use good feet work and just keep your jab out, keep throwing punches, but keep them kind of not in your kitchen. And Jamel Charlo can do that. And I feel as if he'll do that well. 
Jamel Charlo realizes how big this fight is as far as bringing your A game. And I do believe also, as much as Charlo has been taking a lot of crap the last couple of weeks, and a lot of it is justified, let me just say that. And also, I do believe, I do agree with the critics, he did when Terrence Crawford was calling him out, he did backpedal. And he was like, well, hold your brakes, bro. I do feel as if, if Crawford would be a much tougher opponent than actually Canelo. And I'm not saying that this, I just think stylistically, Terrence Crawford would definitely cause a lot more problems than Canelo would. I just feel as if Canelo is a strong puncher and he's a very strong guy, punching the body, but I just feel that's one of the Achilles heel is that he's a little bit shorter and Jamel Charlo, that height difference, I think will make a bit of a difference. And also a few things that I feel as if it's to Charlo's advantage is the fact that he watched Errol Spence get washed by Terrence Crawford. And he was right there. I think that indirectly affected Jamel Charlo because now he, I think by him seeing how bad someone got washed, that was kind of in being using the same trainer. I think he realized that even more so he cannot slip up and he has to take this fight seriously. And I think it emphasized too, that you're going to have to have some more bags, tools in your box against Canelo. You can't just come forward with pressure and throw a good jab and a body shot. You have to have more to the table. Obviously, we found that out with Errol Spence. And I don't think it would be kind of like that situation with Terrence because Terrence just has so many tools in his belt pocket. Canelo is very, 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 very sharp, very good. And he can beat you with a lot of skills, but I don't think he has Terrence Crawford skills. And I say that with all due respect, you know, it's just it, it, it's a different fighter. Canelo uses more power. He sits on his punches a little bit more, which in a, in a way makes you a little slower. Charlo does realize that this is going to be a great fight. I think if Jamel Charlo can control the distance and be smart and not try to go for knockouts just like that, you know, set up a knockout. If you're going to knock him out, don't just try to knock him out. I think if he sets it up and uses it effectively at the right times, not all the time, I think Jamel Charlo could actually you know, on a points system, I think Jamel Charlo could come out with a win. I won't say that will be my final prediction. I still, there's some weeks to go, but I did like what I saw from Jamel Charlo. I really did. I was impressed by his demeanor, his his level of focus, his, you know, you know, sometimes when you get a wake-up call and your boy gets washed, that will do things to your head and be like, uh-oh, I was going to maybe take a day off, but I'm not. So I will keep up to date on that. And just like I predicted, Emel Navarrete did his thing and he won. And to his credit, Navarrete, he fought, you know, he was a, he was a taller guy and he, he was fighting a shorter guy. You, you know, you have to use that to your advantage. When you're a taller guy, you have to use your jab and keep the guy out of your kitchen, you know, and that's what he did. I would one cool thing about Emil Navarrete is that kind of like that lunging uppercut from the outside that, you know, I, I think 
if boxers actually stole that from him and practiced it and got that technique down pretty good, I wouldn't do that all the time. But it wouldn't be bad to kind of throw it out there from time to time. Hey, I would suggest Errol Spence pick that up, man. That's that's hey, I lose that day. If you were a boxer and you pick that skill up and you don't overuse it, use it at the right moment, that could be effective. I mean, ever you know, Navarrete uses that a lot. I don't know if I would do that. It works for him to do it as multiple times, but I think if you're a boxer and you pick that skill up and you use it at the right moment, it'll be like the crane kick and karate kid, just using it at the right time. And you know, I didn't notice that and I got the prediction right. Navarrete, you know, he won the fight. You know, it, it was it was definitely a very good entertaining fight. And I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad that I had that prediction right on the money. And what ended up happening is I just think that it's nice that boxing is doing the right thing, man. I'm excited. Boxing, it, you know, Valdez did a, a very good job with his fight. He did the best he could, but he was just fighting a guy who, you know, I felt bad because he got his first loss. Oscar Valdez, but you know it is what it is. You know Navarrete controlled the distance. He kept them away. He had that uppercut working. He just uh, was slick and unorthodox enough to keep Valdez at bay. And it was a pretty clear cut fight. You know as far as judging who who the winner was. So there was no controversy. I had Navarrete winning too. Not just before the fight with me calling it. But watching the fight, I, I felt just not ready. Won this fight, clearly won this fight, and he got the decision, unanimous decision. So props to Navarrete. That is somebody I actually was able to go ahead and ask some questions to through top rank. So props to top rank. Props to top rank. You know so. That's what I love about top rank, folks, man. As a person who covers boxing in the media, top rank, they treat the media really well. And that plays, that makes a difference. I hope some other media outlets or other boxing venues hear this. One of the worst things about covering boxing, dealing with the the business of covering boxing. It's, it's you know, and when you, outside of top rank, top rank first class, but when you're dealing with media and getting credentials with the other venues, sometimes it's tough. Another thing is sometimes they want to charge you to get in. Hey man, it's not cool. If you, if you want us to promote you, but you're going to charge us to get in and make it difficult to get it. Even if you do paying. So it's just, it's just too much red tape and bureaucracy. That's why I love top rank. They make it nice and easy. Very extremely professional to deal with. Very, very cool. Treat the media like they want us to come back, give us food. I mean, it is really, really awesome what they do at Top Rank, and that is props to Top Rank and Bob Aaron, what they do. I really do wish other boxing outlets would take notice and really pay attention. Because here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show, we would like to give you some more coverage of boxing. I talk about boxing quite a bit on the show. It'd be nice 
I, you know, if I would be able to get some more access to give you guys some more interviews and things of boxing, I'm still going to keep my eyes open for opportunities. So don't, don't give up on that. In the meantime, I will keep you up to date on all things boxing when I can. And Derek James, he is now at least gave an interview. He didn't say much, but at least he's getting in front of a camera. I think, you know, the shock and awe is still right there. And the loss of, and I don't think he, I agree with him. I, I feel as if this loss affected him with Errol Spence far as losing that fight to Terrence Crawford and the way they did it's going to stick with him and I, I can't blame him in that regard but you know I think he's starting to slowly come out of his shell start to answer a couple of questions because hey it, it's coming people are going to ask you more questions about it just get in front of it and own it man it is what it is it is what it is you know the better man that night won and the, let's be be real. The more skilled guy, one, two. I know you can't say as a trainer, but that's what it was. And at least I was happy to see him getting out there. I know he was a bit reserved. We're not used to him saying no comment. But at least he's starting to ease his way back out there. So props to Derek James. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do with things going forward. Errol Spence and his trainer, if they're going to invoke any type of rematch, we will see. I already told you my opinion. And just in case you didn't hear it, I would unanimously vote no for a rematch with Terrence Crawford. I would fight. I will repeat it just in case you guys missed it. I would actually eat the humble pie and drink some humble juice. If it was me and I was on Errol Spence's team, I would say, you know what? Let's keep that that uh, rematch clause if we can for a next fight or two down the road, but let's switch gears at 154 and fight Keith one-time Thurman or Boots. Keith one-time Thurman or Boots at 154, I think that would be a great matchup. It would be a fight that people will be really, really interested in seeing and see how it goes. If those two are not available, then I would move on to fighting Tim Zhu. And I actually would do it in that order. I would do Keith, Boots, and and Tim Zhu last because I just feel as if the way Tim Zhu's boxing style is, it, it may cause, I would not say may, it, it more than likely would cause some problems for Errol. Still think Errol could win that fight, but it, it you might want to take Keith first or boots before you go ahead and take Tim Zoo. That would be my advice. So we're going to continue to give you some great things here on the Alan Alfred Sports Hook Show. I want to go ahead and discuss an extraordinary, I mean, extraordinary event I attended this week. This was on Wednesday. Chef G's had his Gaston Culinary Services ribbon cutting, cutting ceremony right there at 301 South 22nd Street in Tampa. Beautiful location, beautiful food. I mean, the food was delicious. You guys don't know what you're missing if you haven't tried Chef G's food, whether it be needing him for culinary services, catering, and definitely the Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. 
make sure you don't forget to do that. I would say he had an ice sculpture there, amazing food, amazing, amazing venue, amazing, you know, amazing guests, very classy. I was really, really proud of my great friend, Chef G's and the show sponsor here of the Allen Alfred Sports Talk show. I couldn't be more proud and definitely keep up the great work. Let me just say that address again. If you're in Tampa, stop by and say hi to Gaston's Culinary Services, 301 South 22nd Street. And definitely make sure you get yourself a four pack of Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. So delicious and addicting. You may need a support group. So delicious and addicting. You may need a support group. Make sure you get a four pack at flbbqsauce.com. Again, it's flbbqsauce.com. Make sure you guys check that out. And what we'll do right now is play the Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce by Sam Scola again, just in case you miss it at the top of the show. And this is also tribute to Chef G's with that awesome, awesome ribbon cubbing event. Counting for variety, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, a natural flavor. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and ribs. Tasty fusion on pork and sausage. Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. 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 So delicious and addicting. You may need support group. FLBBQSauce.com. Get your four-pack. FLBBQSauce.com. Wonderful place. And, uh, you know, I don't know if I've actually been to a ribbon-cutting ceremony. I have to think about that a little bit more. I think I may have. It's been a while. So that was great to go there. But, yeah, I did want to also let you guys know I am working on a video right now regarding the definitely the Michael Orr and Tui situation. Michael Orr and the Tui situation. I, I don't want to talk about it till I release that video. There's a lot to unpack. So check out that. I'll keep you up to date on the release of that video. A lot of things to talk about that. We're going to keep our eyes and ears open for other great things happening in the sports world. Definitely want to thank Lou for being our special caller today. Want to thank you guys for listening. Let me give you the phone number. If you miss today's episode, you can have the phone number for the next one, 
516-418-5572. So really appreciate you guys listening to another great episode of the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Want to thank Sam Scola for being our great musician. And that's what we'll do now is we're going to end the show with a great song from Sam Scola. So in the meantime, you guys have a great weekend, a great night. Take care of yourself. Be well and be blessed. Talk to you guys later. Yeah.